Hello and welcome to Switching on ESPNCrickInfo.com. I'm Andrew McGlashan and this week joined in the studio by Andrew Miller and Mark Butcher to look ahead to the start of England's home international summer. That's a summer that begins with the visit of Pakistan, followed by Australia, there's certainly no backstory there at the moment, and then India for the main event of the season in July and August. The first significant part of the build-up has happened last week, when the first England squad under Ed Smith was named, with a couple of eye-catching inclusions, and that's where we'll start this week's show. Um, Butch, um, a recall for Josh Butler and a first call-up for Don Best due to Jack Leach's injury. Um, what were your first impressions of the squad? Um, I was... How can I put it? I was unshocked. Uh, I had no sort of um, overriding annoyances or uh, heated feelings about it in any way, shape or form, really. Well, that doesn't make for a very good podcast, well, does it? Except... <laughs> make ex- some up. Well, no, I, I mean... Uh, I kind of I figured that one of Stoneman or Vince would, would keep place in the side, and that kind of happened. Um, I'd hoped for a very long time that Johnny Bairstow would, would be England's number five. Um, so the only niggle there is that he keeps the gloves um, in favour of Joss Butler, who's been brought back in. I suppose there was a slight arch of the eyebrow when, when Joss was announced as, the, uh, uh, as, as a number seven batsman, mainly because, um, and you have to bear with me here a little bit, that looking forward, looking down the line a little a little road, say five, six test matches time, if the experiment at having a specialist batsman, which is what he'll be playing as, playing at number seven does not work, then what do we do? Do you bring in another specialist batsman to bat at number seven? Don't forget that England have tried this before with Joss, um, and it wasn't particularly successful. They tried it with people like Graham Hick batting at number seven in a long batting lineup to try and combat Australia, or anybody actually at the time. Um, John Crawley batted at seven as a specialist batsman. It's not really, there's a reason why people don't do this and haven't done it for hundreds of test matches, thousands of test matches, is because why have somebody who only bats bat as low as number seven? Right? So throwing it forward, if it does not work out particularly, what do England do? Do they put Johnny back there with the with the gloves and pick a specialist batsman to bat at number five? Do they pick a specialist batsman again to replace Josh Butler at number seven? It, it throws up a lot of problems for them should this not work, when the easiest thing to do in the world would be to give the gloves to Josh, say, here you are, you're a dual role player at number seven. Johnny, we want you to go out and score thousands and thousands of runs as a number five. It's got nothing to do with your wicketkeeping. Your wicketkeeping's great, but we need you in a top five that will score some runs as opposed to a top five that doesn't score any. OK? Are we good? That's very good. Good. Uh, considering you didn't really have an opinion, that was, that, that was very good. Um, <laughs> the, Dom, the Dom Best thing I kind of saw coming. Not because not because I'd, I'd seen a massive amount of him bowling, um, but because he got 95 the week before the, week before the Test like squad was announced. Bat, and England like their spinners to bat. Obviously, the, 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 one sort of, the one spin bowler who's been very, very successful... Um, in the championship so far, Amir Singh Verdi is, is no batsman, um, but he can bloody well bowl. We'll delve back into the impacts of Johnny Bairstow's move in a little bit because there's been a larger reshuffle of the batting order as well. But just on, on the squad as a whole, Andrew, um, was naming that pair, Butler and Bess, enough of a shake-up at the start of the Smith era or could they have gone a little further? I mean, uh, Butch has mentioned he thought it was likely to be Vince or Stoneman would lose their place. Would there have been an argument to say... They should, they, they should both have been moved on? I was happy. I thought it was the right shake-up. I mean, I, I was calling for Butler's inclusion in the Ashes squad uh, when um, when Ben Stokes was obviously in, in capacity. I'm sure there's a podcast that proves that I'm, as well. I'm fairly sure there is, and you know, there are, there are various, various numbers that prove it too. <laughs> but the, the point is, I mean, you know, talking about him being a, being a specialist number seven, um, 
He's not really a specialist number seven, though, in the traditional sense, because he's kind of a specialist ninja. He's, he's kind of been picked a bit more like an Adam Gilchrist, a guy who is going to blow things apart from number seven rather than come in and Adam and Gilchrist kicked wicket as well. That's also true, but, the, the, but that <laughs> he was a dual-purpose player. But that leads on from the side. That leads to my second point about Johnny Bairstow. It does seem does seem as though Johnny Bairstow. There's this sort of security blanket aspect of Johnny Bairstow and his, and, and his wicket keeping. It does seem as though. You know, he he himself is is like a dog with a bone when it comes to those gloves. He's not letting them go, mm. and it seems as weirdly the that 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 excessive amount of work that he has to do. He's obviously got a massive work ethic anyway. I think he rather likes the the believing that he can do both things, and if anyone can, Johnny can because there are a few people who work harder than he does. So, I I can see a I can see a logic. In, in, in saying, go on, Johnny, show us how amazing you can be. You can also see a logic in saying, Johnny, just be a, be a batsman, for God's sake. You're, you're good enough to be a batsman. Give us, give us those gloves back and, and let's balance the team properly. But Did there are mean, arguments both ways. Yeah, the, the player that needs a security blanket, blanket is Joss, number one, because Johnny plays anyway. Hmm. Joss needs yeah. the security blanket more than Johnny does. Um, and when Johnny is scoring 100 after 100 in one-day cricket as a batsman only, it doesn't seem to be a problem for him. So, you know... Uh, do you think there's a risk that England aren't going to get the best out of Johnny Bairstow as a Test match bat? And he strikes me as someone who could average fifty in well, Test th- cricket. Th- that's that's entirely my reasoning. Is that, and I and I've looked this up actually. I did a bit of research. Some people would be shocked, um, but somebody like Alex Stewart, for example, averaged forty six as a batsman only, thirty four, just around about thirty four when he had the gloves. And of course, he batted in all sorts of different positions. Sometimes in the top five sometimes down at number seven. But over the course of a very, very long career, 123 test matches, 46 batsmen only, 34 with the gloves. Kumar Sangakkara is even more startling, and he's my favourite one, because I underestimated this. I had a feeling there would be a, a discrepancy of about 16 runs difference. Kumar's wicketkeeper, and remember, he used to bat in the top four as a wicketkeeper as well, averaged 40. Kumar, without the gloves, averaged 68. So yeah. there is a huge difference in the amount, just the physical and mental amount of, of effort that it takes to do both things, and how much the um, how much energy there is left over to if you are just concentrating on the one thing. And we're talking about three guys I, who I think are fabulous, fabulous players. Mm-hmm. There's probably only one player, Fla- Flower. Flower, who did it consistently, yeah. top five. And maybe that's because of the team he was in. Maybe there was, I don't know, wasn't the... But I I think I did the same research as you last last week was looking. I think when you, if you put it a minimum of 10 test matches played, only four guys have averaged over 40 for any length of time with sort of gloves and and, and, and batting. And some of those have only just passed the 10 test marks. There's certainly evidence suggests that Johnny's up against it to prove himself Mm. as a, as a top order batsman. I mean, the the, the risk, the risk that you run, and again, this might not happen. This, this might not happen. It still leaves you the issue of what you do with this, with Mm. number seven. Um, it might be that Johnny goes out and it becomes a complete outlier or a little bit like Andy Flower and does, and does everything you want. But the, the, the evidence is kind of against that that at some point, and it might not be in this summer, it might not be this, this series against Pakistan, it might not be against India, at some point one or the other sides of his game is going to, is going to suffer because of the, of, of the workload. Don't forget, he's also playing um, all forms of cricket. And to be, you know, basically if you're going to be in the top five as a, as a test team, you've got, to be, you've got to be in there looking to average 45 to 50, haven't you, being that you know, the, the, the threshold has kind of gone up by, yeah. by 10 to 12 runs nowadays. 
Um, and that's, that is your main, your main focus. And, and to be able to do that, you've got to be looking about a day and a half. Now, if you've been in the field for a day and a half, which England do on a regular basis, <laughs> the chances of you being able to do that are significantly less. And England less. also regularly 40 for three as well. Well, there you, so. I mean, there, there, there you have it. There, <laughs> all a of positive the, start to all the of, But all yeah. of the reasons, all of the reasoning, I, I, I can't think of, mm. a, you know, I've, I've, I've looked into this and, it's, and I, I feel my reasoning is pretty sound on it. Yeah. One of the players England did have in that lower order, which provided them some balance for, for 50 tests, was Moeen Ali. With the injury to Jack Leach, England could have played it safe and gone straight back to Mo and said, look, you were last man out, first man in. Um, is it a good thing they haven't, Andrew? Is it a good thing that they've just looked for something a little bit different? I think so. I think, I think Mo just looked, looked devoid of, of, of form, devoid of confidence, looked like a man who just needed to take, take, take a take a take a rain check uh, you know he's still a massively integral part of England's squad preparation across all formats let's not forget it's not just test cricket where most concerned and you know again England got half an eye on the World Cup and you know they don't want to burn out key players before 2019 so I think it's absolutely the right thing to do he's, he's, he's finally got himself in the RCB team and found a little bit of form with the bat which is great news for him so you know just just enjoy yourself out of the limelight for a little bit and uh, he'll, he will be back I'm confident of that but in the short term, yes, quite right to to look elsewhere. And Don Bess has clearly made a, a great case for himself. I mean, you know, there, there's... With some all, months. With some <laughs> months too, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't taken any wickets. He's taken one championship wicket this season. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, actually, I was going to say with, with the bat, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of replacing Moeen at number eight. Gilo, yeah. But, there, you know, the, the, I suppose the opportunity was there, having decided not to, to go back to Moeen, which would have been perfectly understandable, I don't think... You know, I wouldn't have been annoyed about it in the slightest. But having... You're having, very calm today, Butch. It's, am, it's, it's alarming it, me, Considering the, the journey I've had in You've been stuck in, in well. traffic for half an hour. It's, I've, just, yeah. I've gone a bit zen yeah, today. Well, well, so there's nothing you can do get, sometimes. Just carry on. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have to the, get George back in here. That'll, that'll crack it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that Jack Leach, you know, Jack Leach's inclusion was a, was a sort of a nod to... We, we need to find the pick the best spin bowler, right? Pick the, the most likely guy to win you a test match on day on day five or day four or whatever it might be. Um, and the opportunity, and, and it made me chuckle when I saw Don, Don Bess's name because it had stood out in my mind that he made 95 the week before. And it just, and I just sort of laughed and went, well, we're kind of trying to almost doing the same thing again. You're looking for a multi-purpose cricketer. You've got the actual, actual opportunity here, especially with Wokes in the squad and Josh Bang at seven, etc. Real opportunity here to pick somebody on the strength of their bowling alone, spin bowling alone. Um, and you know I've not I haven't seen enough of Don Bess. Uh, obviously, he plays second fiddle to Jack Leach, particularly when they play at home. She doesn't any plays half if that of the of the championship games. Um, but it strikes me that he's been picked more because he's a utility player than he is a, a number one spin bowler, and that's that that irks me a little bit. Just as an aside, with Moeen out of favour, Leach injured, Mason Crane's only just back this week from a back injury. Yeah. If he'd been available, would Adil Rashid have been close to selection now? He's not available. <laughs> but I, but I, I guess what's prompting to ask this is there are some quite strong quotes by Andrew Gale over the weekend going, yeah. Rash has basically wasted his talent when it comes to red ball cricket. Mm. Now, we've talked a lot about why he made the white ball decision. It's serving England well, his white ball cricket, but he landed it beautifully on telly the other night, got fourth in his first game for two months. Mm. It is just a... I guess it's a, a turn of events that Rashid couldn't have seen happening. Mm. But the three guys who were ahead of him are now not. Mm. And another young kid's coming ahead of him. I mean... 
Well, I mean, you wouldn't I, be having a regret there. Well, I doubt he's regretting it because he, he seemed he seemed to be pretty bored of Red Bull cricket, frankly, for a long time. Obviously, mm. he missed that famously missed the Championship decider at Lords a few seasons back, uh, pleading he wanted a break. Bloody blah, blah. You know, there there are obviously reasons why he's not so bothered about Red Bull cricket. But I think there might be a couple of less than obvious ones as well. Mm. I think there may be maybe a relationship issue with. Uh, between or a, a, a clash of egos mm-hmm. um, between himself and, and, and perhaps Andrew Gale would be the. I mean, I couldn't possibly say, but, of course. It, but that would <laughs> yes. be the first one that springs yeah. to mind. Yeah. Um, you know, and I still, I still, I'm still bothered by the decision taken by both himself and Alex Hales to take themselves out of Red Bull cricket because I think they're, I think they're playing with fire with their careers, really. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's another story. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, but I mean, it yeah. goes to show that we go. Shut up, Khan's clearly going to play. Uh, so on, on, you know, from from one on one side, you have got a, a leg spinner for Pakistan, who's, who's green and talented, and clearly going to be thrown in the deep end. And again, in May, your leg spinner is a bit of a luxury. I mean, Chris Schofield, for instance, he played his Test matches in May, didn't he? I mean, he, you're not necessarily going to get a lot of work as a spinner, whoever you pick at this time of year. Therefore. Why not pick a bloke who can run through the tail? I agree. He may well. He may well have come into. Obviously, it's coming to the He's not available. It just struck me as a as interesting turn of events. How those three who had uh, now not available and Mm. and what might have been for Adil. Back to the squad they have picked and the players who are available. Um, The personnel's are one thing. I just wanted to go a bit more onto the on the batting order changes. We talked about Johnny up to five. Joe has gone back to three, saying it's right. It's my time to take responsibility. Um, he tried it once in Auckland, and they were twenty-seven for nine. Mm. Um, so what could possibly go wrong? Um, <laughs> but um, it seems out of the personnel they've picked. There was some talk maybe that David Milan could have gone there. That would, would have given you three left-handers in the top three. Whether that factor's overstated, I don't know. But route to three, captain's job. I think that's a fair call. If, if, if it's his call and he wants to do it, then I'm all for it. Um, if he's doing it on the back of other people saying he should, then I'm not. But yeah, if, if he's if he wants to do it, absolutely fine by me. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, Darren Milan would have been more than capable of doing it. I think technically and mentally, he's he's in as good a position as anybody. But yeah, I mean the the, the top five now looks pretty, particularly strong, doesn't it? You, you're hoping that Cook is going to find a bit of form, um, that Stoneman is going to take the next step on. You know, turn some of his starts into hundreds and become a, you know, a, a really solid opening partnership there. And the, and the batting lineup, in terms of uh, what it looks like on paper, looks very, very good. Whichever way around Root and Milan, <laughs> Milan go in. On that, on that point, it's kind of um, it's worth noting that Butler is, was the only real play England player to emerge um, with much credit from this year's IPL. Really, he had a, mm. a stellar run of form to finish it off. Mark Wood came back early, then got some wickets for for Durham, so that move paid off for him. Uh, ben Stokes had a really poor IPL compared to last year. Could could those be issues for England heading into the series? I know I know it's not a new thing. Players coming back from the IPL, no Red Bull cricket. Um, are sides so used to it now, or could that be a chink in England going into a series that they're expected to win? Yeah, it's a good good question. I mean, we've, we've seen teams in the past sort of rock up. Uh, new Zealand and West Indies have had contrasting fortunes. Let's face it, when they've rocked up at the last minute to to, to wander into a Test match with no preparation, I mean, remember Brendan McCullum just swinging from the hip and you know paid off occasionally. You know, these the, these things can work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Stokes is an interesting one because bear in mind this is going to be his first appearance on home soil since the infamous events at Bristol. It's all very well sort of making a low-key England comeback in New Zealand, but uh, with the, with the focus on him and his form and his fitness, you know, it's still his bowling fitness. Obviously, he came through decent spells in the IPL, but Test match spells—is he really going to be ready for all that yet? Uh, it, it, there's going to be there's going to be scrutiny on him that he probably has forgotten 
is going to be there because it's been such a long time since since September, and uh, so he's been around the world and doing his thing. You know, getting out there at Lords in a Test match in England colours again, it may it may be one or two one or two more eyes on him than than perhaps he he will have wagered. I think the critical mass of of, of players, there's enough of them that have been here to kind of to, uh, to to absorb whatever hangovers there might be from the personnel coming back from the IPL. So I'm not massively bothered about it. I mean, Chris Wokes is an interesting one if he gets the nod as um, as the third seamer ahead of Mark Wood, which could happen mm. um, given the makeup of the side and also the conditions. Um, the difficulty for a third seamer coming back from the IPL is just you haven't bowled anything more than four overs for for two and a half months. Um, you know, and Ben Stokes is less of an issue because he's he's not expected to have quite the same workload. Stokes is also an instinctive cricketer. Wokes has always seemed a bit more of a rhythm. Cricketer, yeah, he? He needing a bit more, just a little well. bit more volume in in his body mm. and in his legs. So that might be a, a slight problem. But I don't. I, the rest, I'm not so quite worried about. Just to expand on the point a little bit, out of England's top seven, um, there's one century in Red Bull cricket this season. That's David Milan. Uh, Bestow's looked in decent nick from what we've seen on the clips playing mm. for playing for Yorkshire. But does the selection of Butler um, sh- show that Championship form is starting to matter less, or is he a, is he such a freakish talent that he's a one-off in terms of how and why they've selected him? I think Championship form matters if the people they're looking got one eye on to take the places make runs. <laughs> so, in a sense, they've already got an idea of who they want. I th- I think that person needs they to would, make runs yeah, to I think justify they would that like, thinking. They would like certain players to have made some runs, and then they would have been Maybe much a more Maybe perhaps yeah, who was in New Zealand. Perhaps, or Hassi yeah. Pameed, who's, yeah. who's just made 200s on the trot in, in the Dinkies, for goodness sake. Um, you know, <laughs> That's the second 11 for anyone yeah. who's <laughs> uncertain about <laughs> they the would have been, yeah, They would have yeah. been desperate for, for, for guys like that to have put some pressure on Stoneman. I mean, if you know Mark Stoneman has ended up staying in the side by default, you know... I suppose Rory Burns has made he made 195, didn't he? So another Surrey Nick Gubbins is the other one who's had Nick a good Gubbins start. Nick Gubbins has had a season. good start in Div Two. What's he made? 190. 190 is that right? Plus he got those runs in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean, he did his hamstring. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I, I think it still matters for sure, um, but but such is the way of um, the way that you have. All of the, the the levels below the test team, obviously A sides and the North South games, all that kind of stuff, are kind of looking very hard at the people that they've already identified, as opposed to having people running up on the rails on them. The interesting one for me, though, as ever, is Alistair Cook. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I'm not convinced that he's going to find his form against a left arm attack when featuring Amir. I mean, of all of all the types of bowling to, to trouble him in early season conditions, left arm seam hmm. is right up there. So. I'm not confident he's going to prove anything at the top of the order. I would love to have seen just a, if they're not going to drop him, just shove him in the middle order and, and change things, change things around. Do, do what Gooch did and put him at five or maybe even number three. I, I think there's a definite case for him to, if he is going to stay on the side, accept that maybe, maybe there's a, there is a case for having an old stager, a guy mm. with huge, huge runs, huge experience coming in the middle order to, to shore up collapses rather than being the first man out mm. triggering that collapse um, but you know that that of course depends largely on finding an alternative opener and as you mentioned Haseeb Hamid is, is sort of the golden boy who's not coming good uh, as and when he finds form and if Stoneman takes his last chance then maybe there will be opportunities to shake it up in the future that's one thing that that's the one sort of uh, curveball that I thought Ed Smith might have tried to throw in there in, 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 in his in his new guys, but yeah, like I say, I, I'm pretty impressed with the 
with the just enough tinkering in, in that first squad to, to, to justify his his new role. I have to say, I'd, 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 my zenness would have disappeared if, if Alistair Cook had stayed in the side but batted somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> he's either in or he's, or he's out. Yeah, he's either in as opener where he scored all those thousands and thousands of runs or he's not in at all. Well, we've said plenty of times before that Alistair Cook has proven people wrong. He probably has to probably has to do it again this summer. Otherwise, we may be having a more final debate about his uh, career coming end of the You summer. know, I, I, if I had the chance, if I was kind of around, in and around the team and sort of helping them prepare for a test match, I would very much be encouraging Alistair Cook to take a, a leg or a middle and leg guard to the left armers. Because what he tends to do is he gets further and further towards off stump thinking that will help him sort of understand where his off stump is and, and but all it does it gives Amir, Amir a much bigger target to bowl at you can start the ball off on leg stump and get him out LBW whereas right. if you stay leg side of it you actually you can see it swing from there and you know where your off stump is and you can actually let it go and you also get the odd ball that you can hit in his favourite area through mid wicket because he has to start it off too straight the closer he gets to off stump the more of a, of a walking walking dead man he is as far as I'm concerned well, and here speaks a, a this former, is what test, a former test opener who went to <laughs> yeah. number three you know yeah. they're, they're a, left hand who KG nicked off yeah <laughs> well, absolutely <laughs> that's all part of the <laughs> part of the job yeah um, <laughs> The man who took over from Alistair Cook uh, as captain a year ago, uh, Joe Root, entering the second season now of, 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 of his test match captaincy. There were challenges thrown his way during the Ashes that it's probably fair to say he couldn't have seen coming his way at the beginning. Um, but after the embarrassment of that 58 all out in Auckland, um, did we start to see the first signs of him taking the team by the scruff of the neck and going, or within what he had of a squad of 16, brought Mark Wood in, brought Jack Leach in, said, right, we're going to try and do things a little bit differently. Do you think we might see more of that this season? Do you think we need to see more of that this season now? I hope so. I, I thought he, I thought he looked. I was trying to, I was trying to think back to his his first year in charge. And I, there were moments, particularly against South Africa, a uh, uh, bowling change. He hauled Anderson off after two overs and brought on Toby Rowland Jones. Much missed Toby Rowland Jones. He took a five for. So you know that that was a fairly decisive move against his senior bowler and. And Brisbane against um, Steve Smith, he tried every everything he could to dislodge him. And had he dislodged him, he probably would have put England into a very commanding position in that Test match. So I, he has tried. I just felt he reached the midpoint of that Ashes and was clearly devoid of any ideas of how to how to break through Smith in particular, but Australia's batting with a with a pop gun attack in in general. Um, Wood wasn't fit for much of that Ashes, which didn't help. So I, obviously bringing him in, in in New Zealand was was great and overdue, but it, equally he couldn't really have done that sooner because he wasn't deemed fit enough. So uh, I'm glad he's in the squad. I hope he plays at Lords, even though arguably Wokes would be a better man for conditions. I think uh, Wood is a, a better statement of England's intent going forward. Um, I don't know. It, it, it really depends on him. Leading from the front with the bat, frankly, I think he's he's got to got to get that monkey off his back, convert those fifties to hundreds, get runs in the bank from number three, and then everything else falls into place. Frankly, that that's pretty much the case for all England captains down the years. You've got runs, you 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 have you have that authority that that, that you can feed off. England's England's um, record in Test cricket at home has sort of sustained them in the format, certainly for the last couple of years since they won away in South Africa. Is this a summer, Butch, where that could could be under threat? Or, or, or do, you, do you think the issues of the test side have been exaggerated by the dismal record 
overseas and actually they remain quite a force at home? Um, they're, they're, they, they remain a force at home. They've got two, two teams who pose two different challenges. Pakistan posed the challenge of being total underdogs and being expected to be knocked over, but they have a bowling attack that can bowl anybody out in any conditions at any time. So that makes them extremely dangerous. Uh, nothing's changed there. <laughs> um, and, and India come over with with the bit between their teeth to to stop the um, you know to stop the hegemony of, of teams winning at home. They are, they could not be more focused. Virat Kohli's come over, handing you know handing his salary to the to the kids on the street as he drives up Harleyford Road, so that he can come in and, and get himself ready for a Test match series. Uh, Shay Pajara is over here playing for for Yorkshire. Ishant Sharma's over here. You know, the, the, India, because of Virat Kohli, are absolutely desperate to come over here and prove the point that it's not just um, at home where they, they rule the roost. So, you know, the, the huge, huge summer. I think one of, the, one of the biggest ones we've had for a long, long time. Um, England come through it and, and, and win both. I don't think you can turn around and say that that's just, a, oh, it's just home advantage doing its thing. England will have to play very, very well to win both these series. And I, and I hope it's an absolute belter. I really do. I hope Kohli scores runs. I hope India's bowling attack shows everybody that it can, that it's got pace and it can um, give people the hurry up away from home. I hope we win, but I hope it's close mm. uh, because Test match cricket needs that more than anything else. Just to pick up on that point, do you think some good Test match cricket will help move the narrative of the early season on? There's been quite a lot of stuff flying around in terms <laughs> of ECB announcements, how many balls and innings is going to last, and all that. Do you think a bit of good inverted commas traditional test cricket I don't like to use that but in terms of test cricket showing what it, it can still do in this country can put the game back on a bit of an even keel? Uh, yes and no I think it, I think there is a definite opportunity to change the narrative but the trouble is that narrative is being changed every time you really look at the game at the moment because at the one moment you got the 100 ball initiative being launched and then you got off to a test match and then next summer it's all going, be, all going to be about 50 over cricket and England potentially winning a World Cup that will be utterly game changing more game changing than any format change so yes and no the trouble the trouble the fundamental problem the ecb have got is that not enough people are able to see the success or failure of the england team and let's face it failure can be compelling too i mean you and i were brought up on it <laughs> all <laughs> so, of us were in this in, in this room yeah. <laughs> some yeah. more central to it than others <laughs> and, and the successes i should say as well but you know <laughs> that the, the narrative is lost if not <clears throat> enough people can tune into it so you know, yes. I, you know what i saw this morning what's that i, was, I had uh, as i was bouncing my one-year-old on my what should be one tomorrow oh, on my right. there was a, a, an advert appeared on on uh, breakfast tv on bbc breakfast television advertising had all these different sort of uh, apparatus set up as stumps and agas's voice and you know they were they were pre uh, pre-selling um pre-marketing the, the test match and i thought hang on i don't think i've ever seen that before you know it was a proper 30 second 40 second ad um you know that yes having it all all over Every television uh, network and people being able to just stumble upon it and watch it as they can would be fabulous, but that isn't where we are. But what the game can do and what those up the road in Lords can do and should do and should always have been doing is selling the damn thing. Market it like mad, you know. Make heroes out of these guys. There's, it's no, there's no point in sort of saying, oh, people don't recognise who they are. Well, bloody make them recognise. Similar to the piece that Sam Collins has written for his yeah. last couple of days about... And, marketing the game making it accessible and so if you know yes we've got 
that there are issues at the moment or the talking points and, and, um, and negative stories coming out about the, the 100. But yes, we've got an incredible summer of Test Match cricket coming up. Absolutely incredible. We've got a World Cup coming up next year. These are all very, very positive things for the game. Hugely positive. Um, and, and, and a little bit of spin... Um, positive spin would not go amiss from from those in ECB towers, and and in the mid, and, and underneath that you can kind of sort out. Nobody really wants to get stuck into the minutiae of how many balls are going to be bowled or whatever. That's you, it, it's a load of rubbish. But 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 don't make that the story. The story is who's coming this this winter. The story is making the, the you know the, the the sort of second gen third generation Anglo Pakistani people absolutely gagging to find out what happens in this series here. What happens when Coley and the boys drop in in, in, in June? You know, that, that, that's po- I don't see anything that isn't positive about any of that stuff. And given a, a little bit of will and just a bit of um, marketing chutzpah, you can you can make this make the game seem amazing this summer. We we might even get some decent weather. How about that? Well, fingers crossed for that. Um, round of applause. Though. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Hey, I'm just, I've just got sick and tired of being grumpy about it. You know, this is this is going to be brilliant this year. we'll just pick up on England's opposition for the first part of the season now Um, Pakistan, Butch touched on it um, a few moments ago in the show, they've actually been over touring for almost a month now um, included their test match in Ireland um, that was covered in superb depth uh, I think we should say by our crew out there Mel, Jared and Graham so we don't need to go over what happened in the game in, in too much detail but was it a performance, Andrew, from Pakistan that highlighted the issues that they will have to contend with in this series? A, a much more inexperienced batting lineup, question marks over maybe the depth of the pace below Amir and no Yassir Shah. Those seem to be the key issues they have to confront in this tour. Absolutely. It was, it was a classic Pakistan performance. They, 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 they flirted with calamity and yet, in the end, they won pretty handsomely on that final day. And, and that, that's exactly the sort of narrative we can expect in this series. I've been saying all along, I expect it to be uh, one all with England winning handsomely one test, Pakistan winning handsomely in the other, simply because, as Butch said earlier, they can bowl England out at any moment of any game, and if they do it twice in any given game, we're toast. Uh, so, um, and we'll yeah. be having the same conversations we've been having for the last two years of not really knowing how the team moves on. Um, but just three of the new faces that did impress against Ireland, uh, Faim Ashraf got, got runs, I thought bowled quite feistly as well. Um, Imam Mulhak, who had one of the more dramatic starts for a test career before <laughs> even facing a ball. Uncle Lindsay would have been proud of that one, wouldn't he? Falling <laughs> well, on his backside, was, almost being knocked out. Lindsay for... would have been sat there at home in his armchair, just shaking his head going, that is why you do not run, sir. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> he showed impressive composure in the second innings to uh, to stay on his feet and uh, and, and see Pakistan home. And then there's uh, and then there's Shadab, who we've spoken about um, a bit already. Um, is he the sort of bowler, if to say the warm weather stays around, um, that could do a, a job on England? They, 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 they've not seen a huge amount. He's a, he's a leg spinner, of course. He can do a job on England. Mm. That, that's a given. I mean, there, there was one utter ripper that he bowled. I can't remember who, who it was. One of the left-handers just bowled him straight through the gate. I think Tom. Was, Thompson, maybe. Might have been Thompson, but yeah. I, anyway, yeah. it, it, it was exactly exactly the sort of sort of thing that a leg spinner can do. Just just pull a pull a magic ball out of the hat, unsettle a well 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 set batsman. Uh, I think, yeah, I think he, he's obviously he, he did well against Northants. He's 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 found a bit of form, and because that's the other thing about this Pakistan side, it, it, they're not coming into this Test match without preparation. They've had a full on yeah. Test match. They've and had good. plenty warm up games. And, you know, they've they've had as much of a run in to this first test as England tend to have to an Ashes series. I mean, that, that's 
that's incredibly yeah. unusual for, for an international side coming over and, here these and days. And they're also unlikely to, I mean, listen, because they can bowl, this is something that people always forget about conditions, because they have a, a, a very, very dangerous seam bowling attack, England aren't going to want to play them on a cabbage patch like at Malahite. They well, someone like Mohamed Abbas would, could, could go through you on that, and well, he's they, so, 79 miles an hour so what the, so the, so the pitches, p- pitches and pitch preparation tend to be... If tend, only George was here. ...tend to be... <laughs> Entirely, um, entirely ruled by how good the the team that you're playing against is. If the team you're playing against is has got a sensational bowling attack, you're not going to play them on something that's going to zip all over the place. You're just not. That's just daft. And so, where Pakistan, if they have a, a leg spinner wor- worthy of the name and have three three really good quicks, what they have in their favour is is that you can't sort of slant the conditions um, against. Uh, against the seamers and make the pitch very, very dry because then the leg spinner can bowl you out. Does it sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. It's a, a nightmare <laughs> to the 90s is coming back to me. And you can't, you, you can't make them unbelievably dry because... Well, sorry, we've already the been way, there. The other way around. You can't start green because you're out of So what you get under those circumstances, and this is... you know, I keep reading things about them getting rid of the toss and all that kind of stuff. The issue with making pitches that start sort of fair and that don't suit one side or the other is having a bloody good side. It's not to, nothing to do with what you do with the toss. It's be a good team, and then people will respect you with the conditions that you get to play under. And so, in, you know, the, the Lords is likely to be a decent a flat pitch. When is it ever not? You know, um, and under those circumstances, both sides are in with a chance of winning the game. I was going to mention the toss, and we should say it was a story broken by Dan Vettick, um last week mm. for us. Um, and as, as Butch has brought it up, we'll, we'll, we'll mention it now. Clearly, you think it's a case of overthinking things, and you need to worry about the twenty-two yards, not the flick of the coin at the beginning yeah, of the test I, match. I, I, what, why? I don't understand what the problem is. I really don't. Is it, is it, is it though a concern that some ho- sides have taken home advantage to extremes? Not really, no. Because, not? again, I go back to my point. If, you, if, if England turn up in Bangladesh, right, with two world-class spin bowlers, they're going to have to think twice about preparing something that spins this far from the start because they're just as likely to get done um, and hoist by their own petard as we are. Mm. Um, you know, if you if you if you turn up in Australia with a fabulous hardcore quick bowling attack, they're going to feel think feel just as uh, just as intimidated by playing on something that's fast and bounces miles as we are. You know, that's how you that's how you level the playing field. You don't level it by by artificially altering the game. You level it by having a better team. That's the otherwise you go away from home and you get beat. There's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be better. <laughs> Don't change the bloody game. Just be better. Do you agree with that, Andrew, about the toss? Or? I, I, in principle, yes. In practice, unfortunately, the, the, I think the evidence of, of Test cricket in recent years is teams are not getting better. They're getting significantly worse, especially when they go abroad. And and that again, come back to the point about Kohli and the and India preparation. That is where this is an absolute godsend of a summer because if Kohli and Co come over here and 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 bust that myth and prove that you can win in any conditions if you have the have the resolve and the drive and the and, and the determination to do so uh it could it could in theory um give test cricket a, a new lease of life as, as everyone likes to say but i mean i'm fed up yeah. with saying give test cricket a new, new lease of life it'll be fine it just as just as long as teams keep playing it and keep wanting and to maybe it. if certain cricket boards don't keep talking the game down as well it, yep, would, it would, would help, help. That yeah would help. You know, um, what can you do yeah so Coley is one of the A-listers coming over this summer. Just a final player I wanted to touch on on the show is another of the A-listers that we've already mentioned. It, it, it is Mohamed Amir. We saw him 
bowl well um, in that Ireland game. Struggled with a knee injury. The latest reports out of the Pakistan camp is that he's pulling up okay ahead of this test. Um, he spoke to Mel before that test match about workload and about managing it. Do you get the feeling that we're going to see less and less of Amir in, in test cricket going forward? Uh, yes, I certainly do. Uh, the interesting interview in the Telegraph um, yesterday as well was suggesting that he he may seek British citizenship a to to get himself a, a gig in the IPL. He'll need a left arm, Steve. Do, but I mean, you know, realistically, it would it would allow him to circumvent the issues that obviously he has as a Pakistani yeah. trying to play in the IPL. It would give him options and open his options would obviously close the door to Test cricket. So I think it's inevitable. I mean, clearly this guy's running around with patella tendonitis. I think it is. Yeah. It sounds, sounds incredibly Damn painful. Yeah. It sounds incredibly painful, and he, he soldiered through it, but it's a mugs game, running in for 20 overs a day in a test match when you can get paid big bucks to, to run in for four overs. I mean, you know, he's he's not immune to the financial um, imperatives that go on in, uh, for, for... And, 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 and maybe someone like Amir, having had the time out of the game he has, he now has a young family, perhaps those financial imperatives are ever more important Precisely. I mean, he's maybe only got a few years left in the game because he's lost those... Yeah. Five years. You know, I can I can see him wanting to finish. He missed his chance to for redemption last time round. Obviously, he played his part in a two-two draw, so he did all right on that front. But personally, he didn't quite have the stellar performance that maybe he wanted to put twenty ten out of his mind. So I can imagine him coming over here, bowling at the speed of light at Lords in particular would be a great way to sort of draw a line under that period of his career. And if he's able to to be at peace with his the test aspect of his career then who knows maybe he will decide that you know, maybe it would be more prudent given my injuries and given my age and given my responsibilities and the opportunities elsewhere to go down that route he, he wouldn't be the first he won't be the last he needs his fielders to take some catches but doesn't he <laughs> yes, that would he help does. Um, he does. but we also saw in the island game still time out the game dodgy knee whatever still produces some magnificent deliveries he's such a pure left arm seam isn't yeah, he I mean, yeah absolutely the, the, the Yorker he has on him the, the he, late swing he probably he just needs he needs some slightly more reliable backup you know if Hassan Ali doesn't play then, then we've got a, an issue there because I'm not entirely convinced that the guys underneath him were well Rahal Ali had struggled he didn't take yeah. a rookie in Ireland Abbas is solid but they need a third seamer in England don't yeah they? indeed um, and, 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 and then of course he can bowl when it's optimal for him to do so as, a part from, as opposed to sort of being the strike bowler and bowling all of the, the donkey overs as well you know that, that's that's the sure way to, to finish him off quickly so um, yeah they, they can do with he could do with a little bit of support and then you know um, he can be used um in the way that he should be, which is to come in and break the game open um, for his team, and not be uh, not be trundling in with a ball that's not doing anything, yeah. just to just to get you through to the next. You certainly ball. don't want him reduced to a seventy-eight mile an hour seamer. You'd mm. rather him finish off in a in, in a bang of glory, and then if he wants to take the T Twenty route, let him. Um, we'll see over the next couple of weeks the impact Amir and, and Shadab and Co have on this on this two test but we'll wrap up the show there for this week um, we'll be back after the two tests against Pakistan to see whether England have got their season off to a winning start or whether an inexperienced visiting side have put a spanner in the early works of Ed Smith's planning but until then it's thanks to Butch and Miller and thanks to you for listening to us on ESPNCopinfo.com <laughs>